Dropping knowledge bombs all over the state of Alabama. Pew, 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 pew. Druid News Radio, Druid News Radio. Listen to us on Druid News Radio. Welcome to Truett News Radio. It's your weekly dose of gumption and positivity, for whatever that means. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Truett and Brock Murphy, probably the two coolest guys in the world, at least in their minds. Let it rip, fellas. Oh, hey, I don't... Oh, there we go. I hear me. I hear me. Do you hear you? It's a brisk 35 degrees here in the Magic City right now. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, John Bird. Good morning to the state of Alabama. Yeah, hello to the Truett News Radio listening world. that's right. We're ready to go, man. We got another good show. We've got Aaron Beasley with the Alabama Cattlemen's Association, and uh, yeah. my friend Brian Holt over at South Base Properties. Sure, he's the uh, big cheese over there. So uh, it's going to be good. Yeah, I'm here's looking. Some, for- here's some real estate stuff. Yeah, well, and I don't know anything about the Alabama Cattlemen's Association, so I'm excited to hear generally about that. Absolutely. And, yeah. uh, I was reading a little bit about cattle prices and all, so I'm interested oh, is that uh, right? in the size of the herd, so we're uh, commodities. to hear some of this. Yeah. Pork bellies, trading places, yeah. yeah. Let's hear it, man. And who are you? I'm Tony Truitt with Truitt Insurance and Bonding. Uh, if we can help you with your business coverage and uh, surety bonds and builder's risk, we would love Ooh. to take a crack at that. Oh, well, okay. Or actually, well, just work with you. Just sign it over to us. Sure. We'll take it. Sure, that's we'll a take fact. it and run. Do it with Truett. You'll love us. I'm Brock Murphy with Brock G. Murphy Law Firm. Love to help you out if you're a small business. Uh, do a lot of transactional work. Uh, look at contracts, draft contracts, revise them, form companies, restructure companies, uh, and handle disputes that come up, especially like in the uh, commercial construction realm. And if you're in a dispute and uh, you need somebody to resolve that as your mediator or arbitrator, I could do that too. There you go. But this, Well-rounded. This is True at News Radio. Yes, it is. And, uh, man, let's just jump on into it. How about that? Uh, we went to the Gulf South Conference track meet this week. Yes, uh, we did. Uh, out at the Crossplex, and uh, I enjoyed that a lot, actually. I did, too. Uh, Although we kind of, uh, you know, Murphy's Law, we sort of picked a moment where there was probably the least activity of the entire day. But we did watch the long jump. Yeah. And we saw the pole vaulters warm up. we saw the shot put. Yeah, we saw the shot. And we saw a one heat of the women's 800, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they said we were there Thursday. They said Friday uh, was kind of the big day for all the yeah, races. For but sure. it was kind of cool. The, the pole vault, uh, I'm always shocked at that. I would never, yeah. I, I don't think I could do that. Such a leap First of faith. First off, I think the pole would break if I tried yeah. it. But uh, <laughs> they, uh, I, I don't have enough faith in that thing yeah. to, to take 230 up and over the bar. Mm. How far how, how far do you think I could clear? Six feet? Oh, I think you could clear six feet. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I, I was telling you, man, I was in one track meet in my life. Like somebody got sick or hurt, so they made yeah. me do it. And it was the high jump. And right. I've never done it. So, sure. like they said, just go try it. So, I was like, okay. And so, I cleared the opening uh, height, whatever. By which diving you, over which, it. Yeah, you could basically step over the bar. <laughs> and uh, that was all I cleared. But I yeah. finished third. Yeah. So, well, nobody else go. could even do that. No, so that's that right. was the level of athlete I was competing yeah, that's against. Right. You know, so I feel good about that this many years later. I tell you, there were some uh, good athletes with the long jump. That was the one that was kind of right in front of where we chose to sat at, r- sit at random. Uh, two girls from West Georgia uh, finished first and second in that and had some pretty good leaps. They were, uh, I think it was like 5.59 meters, 5.58. Uh, and then a girl from Lee as well. S- seven yeah. schools out of the conference actually were sort of participating yeah. in this particular It was uh, Alabama Huntsville, Christian Brothers, <laughs> Lee, Mississippi College, Montevallo, uh, Shorter, and West Georgia had uh, qualified for this. And shout out to Matt Wilson. We had him on the show, Great the commissioner guy. of the Gulf South Conference, and he, sure enough, came up to us and, and engaged us in a real fun little conversation. Yeah. I, I, I like him yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, really good guy. And I mean, what a fun job, by the way, oh, traveling for sure. around doing all this. Uh, for sure. It was interesting talking to him about kind of just the setup. Uh, yeah. They have a lot of uh, meets going on out there this time of year. So. He said that this was, that was the first and second day of what will be 12 days in a row of indoor track 
championship. So the Gulf South Conference was the first one, uh, but there will be, what is it, the Ohio Valley Conference, uh, several different conferences now will be having their championships over there at the Crossplex. And so, you know, tune in. There's some real good track and field competition to be had right here in Birmingham. Uh, man, there's a ton of construction stuff I've noticed the last week or so. But, yeah. I uh, noticed Good Game out of Pell City. They were oh, building for something sure. kind of looked like sort of on the backside of Rickwood Field-ish over there. Yeah. Uh, I was driving around uh, down by Evergreen on 65, and they got a new Hampton Inn coming up. And uh, my mother is from uh, that uh, that area in Owasa, Alabama, Owasa. which is basically the sticks. But sure. uh, there used to be nothing, I mean, most of my life mm. on that exit, and now you got like a shrimp basket. It's by the Koneka sausage. Exit. It's it's Koneka sausage, and which by the way announced they're building a huge new facility over in um, Covington County. I think okay. in Andalusia, fifty eight million dollars spending on that. So uh, that's some that's some really good uh, tasting sausage. By the way, if you oh. haven't, uh, if if you're not from Alabama and listening to this. Get Man, some Koneka sausage. Yeah, get yeah, your hands on some Koneka sausage. You, you know, that's sure. actually my favorite. I, I go down to visit my folks in Navarre, and that's become my favorite exit now because there are a lot of good food offerings yeah. at that exit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, but anyway, they're putting up this Hampton Inn down there, yeah. so that's another big win for them. And I met, I can't remember her name right off the top of my head, but we need to get her on here because uh, at the uh, Economic Development Association of Alabama thing sure. I went to, she was there that does Koneka County's uh, Oh, you know, okay, the economic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so she'd be interesting to have on and how they made all that happen. But uh, also it's cool. The cranes up on the new, you know, that new Daniel project there on Highland Avenue where uh, oh, for hot sure. and hot and uh, By Saint Western. Vincent's. Yeah. Sure. But it used to be, so that's cool. Uh, tons of stuff happening. And uh, I also wanted to say thanks to uh, Harlan Whitfield. He's a good listener and we appreciate him, but uh, he sent us uh, some ideas for uh, having somebody on the show. And I appreciate it. If anybody wants to, uh, send us your info for you know company anniversaries sure. or new locations, any of that. Please send it on Tony at truitnewsradio.com. Or, or message us yeah, at the Instagram, you know, or Facebook. We have we have pages for each of those, LinkedIn as well. So send us direct messages if that's your preference, but we'd love to hear from yeah. you. Yeah. Well, man, let's get on to the news. Uh the 50th annual Alabama AGC U Fall of Bass Tournament is coming up on April the 12th. If you're a big fishing fan and do some work with con- uh, contractors, want to get to know some, that's a, a really well attended event. Yeah. Uh 50 years. That's amazing to me. They, they do really good job at uh, getting people together at yeah, networking events, everybody yeah, and sure. getting them to work together that's good uh Linnell's, man which is an awesome uh place over there i think it's off 31st street north i believe oh yeah uh, but uh they were listed as one of the top 17 liquor stores in the nation by tasting table Ooh. and i think that is well deserved if you uh, if you ever uh shopping for some uh spirits go over there and yep, check it out because yep, it yep. is a, a really cool place it has a lot of different things in there that you may not find other places but uh i put a couple of other ones in here i thought the uh the best name out of the 17 stores was uh liquor dan's in Tus- liquor dan's. Uh, and uh, <laughs> tucson and uh yeah. they got the slogan liquor dan is your man yeah, liquor dan is your man i love that yeah, sure. uh but uh i didn't know if you knew uh, if you had ever heard since you grew up out there uh argonaut liquors in denver they said yeah. it's been around 50 years yeah I- i'm gonna tell you uh i do that's actually just above capitol hill just east of sort of the downtown area off so, of you, so it's pretty well known then <laughs> oh yeah yeah it, well um what's interesting is even when i lived there and, and when i first moved here uh you know boulder had one and i'm blanking on the name of it as well but they had some liquor stores that were just i mean they were as big as, as uh, grocery stores um even back then they had all these different brands of beers that i had never heard of of course now i understand those were microbrews but this was back in you know the mid 90s uh, it, you would go in there and just be these enormous, enormous liquor stores. Argonaut was one of them. And if you look them up online, they still are. But yeah, they've had some staying power for sure. Well, one of the cool things, and I sent you this earlier this week, but uh, that photo of Denver and the Grove.
growth oh, from yeah. 2000 yeah. through 2019 For sure. was incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the metro area of Denver had, had expanded quite a bit, but, you know, like a lot of places, people had sort of moved away from downtown. There wasn't much of a residential uh, component to it. When they built Coors Field just outside and just to the west of the downtown center where all the buildings were, uh, th- that area was relatively blank. Now, one thing you can't really even appreciate out of that picture you showed, which was filling in all those blank areas, frankly, between downtown and what's now in Besco Field at the time it was Mile High Stadium. But what you can't really tell is there was a big warehouse district that formerly was sort of the place you didn't want to be when the sun set. And suddenly that became what was called the Wazoo area. Uh, that was all these, you know, warehouses that got renovated, lofts and all that. So uh, Wazoo was a was a really huge economic development right near Coors Field. And you really can't even detect that growth and that change in renovation from those photos. So you you kind of have to add that to what you're seeing. But it's amazing how it's grown, which is a lot like Nashville. You know, they did that time yeah. lapse of the last 23 years. And boy, that place just expanded, too. Yeah. Man, hey, I was sad to see that, uh, you know, the former TV anchor Scott Scott Richards passed yeah. away. I did not realize he was on the local TV as long as he was, but he was an anchor, uh, Fox News 6, uh, from 81 to 2014, yeah, uh, passed right. away this long week. Time. So, uh, I mean, he's, it's, it's incredible how these people become really kind of part of your lives because, uh, in particular back in the 80s, man, I mean, yeah. there wasn't just tons of choices, so you saw them basically oh, every yeah, day. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Well, you know, speaking of uh, renovations, Obviously, the same is going on in Birmingham. And quite frankly, to all our listening areas, Mobile's growing and, and Huntsville's growing. One of the things that's, that's happened here that uh, I think has just come online this week, Stivers Ford has yeah. officially made their move from downtown uh, over to the Palisades, just down the hill from here, quite frankly. Uh, and it's actually one of the only it's, – it's the largest Ford dealer in the state – and it's the only one in the state of Alabama with a standalone Ford Bronco building. That's yeah. kind of interesting. Oh, man, so, those things are yeah. like, I mean, they're selling like crazy. Oh, dude, for sure. By the way, yeah. Yeah. man, this is, uh, I thought this was cool. They got a new baby elephant called Cora at the uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom Savannah. Who doesn't love a baby elephant? Oh, everybody does. Hey, you know, you may not remember when you lived near Morris Avenue. Actually, right on it. Yeah. Do you recall those days? I do, Tony? and it yeah. was fun. Well, there's a. There was uh, nothing down there, by the way. <laughs> well, there uh, would be now. Yeah. Uh, a Tacoma based Wooden City is the name of this restaurant that's going to open up this summer. Uh, they have menu items like wood fired pizza, wings blistered peppers tony country pork chop beef ravioli uh brisket wood-fired chicken yeah. they've opened a location uh you know they started in tacoma washington they opened up a southern location in chattanooga in 2022 and it's gone great so it led them to try to find some similarly situated southern cities yeah. and whammo birmingham is one of them well i'm going to tell you man i like my peppers blistered so yes, you uh, do. i am going there yes. for sure who doesn't yeah uh man this is incredible to me it was 10 years ago that a giant sinkhole devoured eight corvettes Ooh. at the national corvette museum and yeah. we were there about a month before that happened and uh, it would have been cool to have been there uh, when it happened if you weren't standing at that exact yeah. spot. But uh, that's uh, 10 years ago. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if it would have been so cool. You and know, if you haven't been to the National Corvette Museum, man, yeah. go. Bowling Green, Kentucky, incredibly cool. They have that Corvette factory, you know, basically across the street from it. And uh, yeah, yeah. you can go to the uh, to the museum, though, and have your Corvette if you've ordered one. That's oh. where you pick it up. Oh, uh, that is can, cool. Uh, it's really cool. Yeah, that is neat. Uh, uh, I like it. You spoke about the Hampton Inn opening up in Evergreen. And, you know, we've been really interested in just discovering new brands that are out yeah. there. And two brands have sort of 
debuted this very week in two different cities in the hotel area. So Hyatt has a brand called Thompson. I think they bought these Thompson hotels. Uh, they are now with this opening in Houston of a, of a fantastic new Thompson hotel. There are now 18 of them in 16 cities worldwide. It's 172 rooms in, in Houston, floor-to-ceiling windows, really immaculate ba- uh, marble bathrooms. This is called the luxury lifestyle brand for Hyatt. Uh, several upscale dining areas, a wellness spa, uh, infinity pool, cabanas. Uh, it has a one-acre rooftop outdoor area you know with a pool in it too and then in nashville uh hilton just opened their own lifestyle brand it's called tempo yeah uh it's that's cool it's the second of the brand the first one was open not that long ago in Times square 16 stories 306 rooms uh the the bathrooms have oversized oversized showers and bluetooth speakers in them which is kind of cool there's six wellness guest rooms each of them have a peloton bike resistant bands a yoga mat and then they also have nashville's first Top golf swing suites. It's yeah. got to be a simulator. I'm I'm guessing several food and beverage spots, a rooftop outdoor bar with like a Mediterranean influence, and a fifth floor sky lobby. So that's I, the I tempo. Love a sky lobby. Yeah, that's the tempo in Nashville. Yeah, the uh, I thought this was a uh, really pretty interesting Detroit Mercy, the Titans. Okay? I love this story. They uh, <laughs> had a tough time. They had lost. Depending on Frenzy which one, fan. depends on which one you read. They had lost 26 or 27 games straight. Oh so boy, they had not won a game this year yeah. but uh, they were playing your favorite team Uwe Pooey yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah what is that Indiana University, University Purdue Pus- University in Indianapolis yeah, so yeah. they were playing uh, Uwe Pooey and they pulled off the win 81-66 yeah. winning their first uh, game of the year and pandemonium just a court storm took it. over Callahan Court in Detroit yeah. fans stormed the court well a fan a, stormed the court. One, one guy who was probably the only one there goes running out with hands raised, screaming, <laughs> and then starts looking around like, where's everybody else? He was the only one. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah. I love that. But now that leaves Mississippi Valley State as the only winless team in college basketball this oh, year. Boy. They've lost 24 straight as we talk right now. Kudos so, uh, to the Maybe enthousi- they can do it. Yeah, kudos to the enthusiasm of that one fan. And the Titans, man. Way to go. Yeah, that's a fact. No, I love that story. Yeah, Hey, uh, congrats to the Altamont School's Will McLean. He is the first speaker and champion of the middle school Lincoln-Douglas division of the 39th <laughs> annual Stanford University Debate Invitational. Oh, that's cool. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, way to go yeah. to, to Will and to the debate teacher, uh, Jim Sidnor, I think is how you yeah, say his name. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, you remember we talked, uh, I think it was last week or a couple weeks ago, uh, that they had just discovered the world's largest coral, and they couldn't even call it a reef. It's yeah. so big they called it a coral project. Province. It, re- it stretches from just off the shore of Charleston, South Carolina, all the way down to just off of, I think it was Fort Lauderdale. It's gigantic. I think it was bigger than the city, uh, the state of Delaware, if I'm not mistaken. But in any event, uh, the same group has now discovered four different underwater mountains in the Pacific Ocean, kind of between or off the coast of Costa Rica down to Chile. The tallest is 8,793 feet, Tony. That's more than three times the height of the Burj Khalifa, the the tallest skyscraper in the world. Uh, But to give you uh, another idea, the distance from the base of the summit of Breckenridge to uh, the the distance from the base to the summit of Breckenridge is 3,400 feet. So this is far more than twice the height of the big mountain in Breckenridge uh, in terms of the these four underwater mountains, the tallest being that that tall. Uh, and that this institute is looking to map the remaining 
approximately 75% of the world's seafloor. In other words, they've only uncovered yeah. and mapped 25% know. of it, right? And they they've already idea. discovered the world's largest coral province. They haven't province. even found Atlantis yet. <laughs> they haven't even found Yeah, they're looking, this, this institute, which is the Schmidt Ocean Institute, they're looking to map the remaining 75% of the world's seafloor by the end of this decade, yeah. and I can't wait to see what they find. I don't understand how you could not have found Atlantis yet. It's an entire yeah. city. It is an entire city. On the, on the seabed somewhere. All the Coca-Cola yeah. trucks. I mean, for heaven's sakes. <laughs> Yeah, you got to do. Yeah, Uh, man, construction safety. This falls under that. Did you see that fire and explosion at the? uh, I think you say this the Liceberg theme park in Gothenburg, Sweden. This is Uh, wow. They're building this thing that was supposed to open in uh, in the spring. Ten million dollar investment. So they're basically almost finished with this thing. I don't know what happened, but man, it went up in flames and had a huge explosion. Yeah, uh, one construction worker is has passed away, and I think twelve yeah, others were, were damaged pretty badly in it. And uh, but the fire spread oh, over all of the thing, and I was sitting there thinking, what on the tubing of these yeah. flumes is that? Yeah, uh, right, right. I mean, what, I guess you. I never thought about it. I guess you got to spray uh, spray fire retardant on them, and maybe that hadn't been done, or is there a glue or something? Uh, that, I don't know. I don't know, but uh, there was some. What I had never heard of this park before, but uh, it's one of it's one of the leading. Uh, things in Europe and it's Sweden's most visited destination with over 3 million people going to this something? thing every year. It's incredible. And by the way, it's not like it's out, out, uh, out and, uh, about, you know, away from the city It's pretty much right there yeah. in the city. Uh, but it was a really neat looking structure that sort of left over after this, you know, three day fire, um, uh, and you know, tragedies all around and as, as well financially, I mean, they, you know, we're, we're just on the cusp of getting this thing finished and opened. And now they, I, I well, don't know if they'll be able to start over. They may just I, scrap it. I'm going to go ahead and say I'm not very worldly, yeah, but yep. not only had I not heard of Leesburg theme park, yes. I had never heard of Gothenburg, Sweden. You hadn't. No. So oh, I learned something. Yeah. Uh, the professional bull riders they are coming in. The velocity tour is coming into mobile on March the 9th. Uh, so that would be cool to see. Yeah, for sure. Kind of a, I don't know, related to that. The Savannah bananas, uh, you know, they're back in action. Yeah. They had, three games in Tampa, Florida, about 30,000 people came out to watch that. But during the course of those three games, they had a celebrity person who was uh, a suit up for the bananas, John Cena. Oh, really? Yeah, you can't see him. He so says. he played as a banana? Apparently, yeah. Man, I mean, they, awesome. they have a photo of him with uh, the second baseman, I think. I'll tell you, man, they've done it just amazing job with that well recall they did a like a lottery right they had people uh write in you know do you want us to visit your city and there were you know cities that uh that won and i want to i don't even remember which city won it may have been tampa but whatever city won Forty-eight thousand people responded in favor of that city. I mean, it just tells you the responses yeah. uh, that are out there. Uh, their next stop was Peoria, Arizona, to give you an idea of the breadth of the the territory that the Savannah Bananas are covering. But really remarkable marketing. Man, that's awesome. Hey, uh, let's move on over to the Truett Insurance and Bonding Hotline. Talk with Aaron Beasley. Aaron, Aaron are you with us? Hello. Oh, there, hey, there she you is. are. Hey, here you now. <laughs> How are you this morning? Is everything good? So far, it's a little chillier than what I was expecting. Yeah, uh, but, but all is well. Got a few cups of coffee, so ready to go. For Man, you. Yeah, all right, you're amped up. Well, we were just uh, sitting here talking about. Uh, we don't really know what all the Cattlemen's Association sure. does. I know I love that uh, the best beef contest every year, and always look forward to seeing who's going to win that and who's got the best burgers and all that kind of stuff. But uh, we have a lot of uh, cattle folks in the state, so kind of tell us uh, a little bit about it. Yeah, I'd be glad to. One of my favorite things to talk about. Um, (laughs) 
the uh, Alabama Cattlemen Association, we are a, a trade organization, and so uh, a, lot of, a lot of different trade organizations around, but our main objective is to protect and defend the, the beef cattle industry, and so we do that through a few different ways. Uh, we do that through uh, our membership, and so we have over 10,000 members across the state in wow. all 67 counties, um, wow. and so our membership arm is, is very much... Uh, you know, focused in on the governmental affairs and, you know, the lobbying piece of, of defending the industry. And then we also do a good bit of beef promotion through our beef checkoff program. And you guys mentioned the Bama's Best Beef. That's just one example. Yeah. Uh, we're out promoting the product and making sure that consumers, you know, feel good about what they're buying and, and know that they're buying great quality beef in this state. And so uh, we've got a lot of other arms, but those are the two main ones. Well, and, and and actually, I mean, Alabama beef, uh, th- that's not simply a label. I mean, it, it does do well in these competitions, correct? Oh, yeah. We've got some really innovative restaurants uh, across the state. You know, small restaurants tend to just have really different items on the menu. And, you know, people, they love their local their local yeah. joint, so to speak, where they can get a good, good beef dish. And so well, we've enjoyed that over the last several years, being able to find those little you know, whether it be a hole in the wall or just a good quality restaurant that has something really unique on the menu. Uh, yeah, it's chefs uh, have really shown off their skills. I think uh, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but I think uh, Callahan's uh, won it down in Mobile one year, and then uh, I think was it McLean's last year may have won it. Uh, and I haven't been there, but I want to hit it for sure. But I'm like you; I think everybody loves these. I know I love oh, going to sure. them and checking them out. Uh, let me ask you this, Aaron. I was reading a, a, an article, uh, I guess, last week, but they were talking about kind of nationally. Uh, that the cattle herd across the country is at one of the lowest points, you know, with the um, different factors affecting that. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, if you can. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, in, in terms of the industry and looking at it, we are dealing with one of the smallest cow herds. I, I believe it's in over 70 years. And wow. a couple uh, contributing factors, we we have just been dealing with a lot of drought conditions. I know locally we obviously know back in the fall we had a severe drought, but but drought has affected many, many parts of the country, and it has for, you know, over a year now. And anytime you have drought conditions, obviously that's going to affect your your grass conditions. It's going to affect your feed availability, your hay availability. Sure. And, you know, if you have livestock, you have to be able to feed them. And if yeah. you can't because of those type of factors, the thing that you do is you sell them. Um, you know, you have to downsize. And so we have a, had a pretty good herd liquidation on the flip side, what that has done, anytime you have a low supply, our demand is very high for our product. We all know that because people love to eat beef. And so what that has ended up being is really, really high record uh, cattle live cattle prices, which, oh, wow. you know, it, you don't really want to talk about a low cow herd, but at the same time, it results in really good prices for the cattle producer at the moment because, because of the leverage it provides. Uh, when you're selling animals, everybody needs animals because we need to be able to feed them and get them to the plate. So, um, a lot of conditions there, but, um, but yeah, we, we definitely, um, there's not a lot of sign of herd expansion at this moment. Um, I, I was listening to a report two weeks ago at a national meeting and last time we dealt with this, which was kind of back in that 2014 timeframe, the herd expansion started much quicker we have not yet seen that this this time around, and oh. so it looks like we're kind of here to stay for a minute on kind of this low cow herd situation. 
Folks, you're listening to Truett News Radio. We are on the air with Aaron Beasley with the Alabama Cattlemen's Association. And I love the, the theme that you said. We, we uh, are going to protect and defend our 10,000 members. And when you said 10,000 members for just the state of Alabama, that, that's actually a shockingly yeah. high number. So I'm going to guess that the, uh, the size of your membership varies from folks with very few cattle to some you know, very large established groups. I mean, talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. We, you know, we, we defend all, all sizes. Uh, I would even say that we've got, you know, a good chunk of members that just, just love beef. They love our industry. They love the people that are in it. And so you don't have to own cattle to be involved, but we do, you know, have any range from those that don't own cattle all the way up to very large operations. Um, you know, we are one of the historically have been one of the top three largest membership cattlemen's associations across the country, just have a rich heritage uh, and, you know, really, really hang our hat on our membership. And it, it goes back to the fact that we have a very strong grassroots membership. Um, I will be the first to say it is nothing that we're doing in the state office in Montgomery outside of just, you know, trying to really help our county leaders and our county chapters, you know, be successful. But they really are the heart and soul of this organization. They're the ones that are out recruiting members, bringing them in locally. And when they're able to do that, it results in us having a larger state membership, which gives us the ability to have a larger voice. As you all know, when you're doing governmental affairs and trying to lobby bills or, you know, work against legislation that could be harmful to your industry, numbers count. And so I'm, I'm very grateful for that, that we've always had that very strong grassroots membership. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Uh, like I'm in the insurance industry, you know, every day, and we have a challenge with this, but uh, there's not tons of younger people uh, getting into it. And uh, I was reading something kind of the, along the same lines. I mean, you know, cattle farming isn't the easiest thing in the world. Ooh. And there's uh, there's a lot more people now, I guess, in their 50s and 60s than younger people getting in. Uh, what, do, what do you think about that? Or are you seeing that in Alabama or uh, kind of what are we facing? Yeah, it's one of our largest challenges in our industry. Um, we've got got a few things working against us there. First of all, as you mentioned, it's, it's very hard to get into it. Um, you've got to have a pretty good amount of capital. Um, you know, it's not just about buying cows. You've got to have grass. You've got to have fences. You've got to have uh, pasture land and everything else. Sure. And so uh, just the ability to get in is, is a, you know, can present some barriers. But we, we have actively and continue to do a good bit of work to try to try to foster that, that younger cattleman, you know, age group. We, we have a program called the Young Cattlemen's Leadership Program in the association. And it's been our way for the last 10 years of surfacing those that are in their 20s and 30s and trying to create opportunity for them to have a network of other young cattle producers and, and just bring awareness to them of, hey, here's here's programs available to you to help, help you, you know, because we, we have folks that are first generation, so maybe they have just decided that they want to be in the cattle industry. And then we have those that are multiple generation that maybe, you know, they do have land that's left to them or they are raising cattle in conjunction with other uh, family members. And so when you have kind of that swath of, of different backgrounds, you've got to make, uh, you know, those, you've got to get those folks together. And we believe that it's a great opportunity for us to just introduce them to programs available and to resources to try to help them as they find their way in the beef cattle industry. Yeah. The whole thing is really interesting to me. I met a guy down in Baldwin County and I cannot think of his name uh, off the top of my head right now, but uh, he, he just kind of decided that, you know, he thought he could raise a better, a better cow. And so he works with the local restaurants down there that, you know, kind of high end places and they all buy from him. I mean, it's, uh, it's fascinating yeah. process, you know? 
Uh, we've, uh, we've got a lot of people, you know, there, there's a lot of niches. There, there's a lot of opportunity, you know, there, there's no one size fits all in the beef cattle industry. We're, we're an independent natured group, you know, just in the grand scheme of things. Um, there's many different breeds you can select to, to have on your farm. There's a lot of different ways you can do it. You can sell cattle at various stages of their life. You can take them all the way from birth to plate or somewhere in between that. So when you get into all those different scenarios, it presents a very diverse industry. And for us, you know, probably one of the challenges is just how can we best defend and, and work for all of the different moving parts in the industry and all the different sizes and types of operations. Have you found that the members are, are good to work and assist and, and bring all the others along with them? I mean, is there a good spirit of cooperation? Oh, listen, I, I tell people all the time, the best part of my job is the people that we get to work work for <laughs> yeah. and work with. I mean, they, they are just salt-of-the-earth people. And, you know, when it when it comes down to it, you know, we we've have had a lot of natural disasters. We, sure. We've got a lot going on in this state. And I'm going to tell you what, if you want a group that's going to lend a helping hand when they need to, call yeah. on a cattleman. That's yeah. about what I expected, yeah, for yeah. sure. Great folks. Well, I tell you what, we are uh, going to have to wrap up and run, but uh, do you have anything or, or what events are coming up maybe people could go to or take part in? Oh, yeah, definitely. So probably the two big things right now, a lot of our county meetings are taking place. I'm actually coming down to Baldwin County, guys, in just a few weeks for their annual meeting. Okay. And looking forward to that. But anybody that wants to jump on our website, BamaBeef.org, we have a full events calendar. have a lot of different uh, county meetings coming up. So if you're a person that maybe is interested in checking out the, the Cattlemen's Association, you can do that. And our one of our biggest events of the year is actually next weekend in Huntsville. It's our uh, annual convention and trade show. And so we're, oh, cool. we're ramping up for that, be heading out on Thursday. But, again, all that information is on our website. And if there's anybody out there that just has some more questions about the association or what we do, please feel free to call and talk to Erin um, at the office. I'd, I'd love to chat with you about what we do and and just, you know, if it's something that you might or interest, maybe interested in, um, always look in to talk to somebody about the association. Yeah. Well, Aaron, you've been great. Uh, yeah, thanks thank so you. much for the information. And uh, we'll be talking to you again before too long, okay? Absolutely. Thank you so much for the time. Y'all have a great weekend. All right. You take too. care. Yeah. That's Aaron Beasley uh, with the Alabama Cattlemen's Association. Definitely check them out at BamaBeef.org and a lot of good county. Uh, I, I love that the convention's coming up up yeah. here in Huntsville. So, yeah, check them out at BamaBeef.org. Thank you, Aaron. 10,000 members. Wow. Oof, I, wouldn't yeah. have, I wouldn't have guessed that. I but, wouldn't uh, have either. That, that's amazing. Uh, what else we got here? I'm going to tell you about Truett Insurance and Bonding what real do quick. You do? Uh, we do a lot of insurance stuff for uh, business owners. I do everything, you know, all your uh, general liability, work comp, all that kind of stuff. Give us a holler for that. We'd love to help you. If you don't love your agent, we would love to be your agent. So bring it on. And uh, we've got offices here in Birmingham, down in Daphne that's in Baldwin County, and in uh, Tallahassee, Alabama, which is the treasure on the Tallapoosa. Oh. Yes, so bring it on. We'd oh. love to work with you. Heavens, yeah, do it with Truett for sure. Hey, uh, I was checking out. There's an NCES. I don't know what that stands for. I could have taken a second to look that up. But they did a <laughs> survey of 1,625 public schools, right? And they found that the average school building in America, Tony, is 49 years old. 38% of them were built before 1970. 
One third of them have had no major renovations or additions at all, but those that have, most of those replacements or additions occurred 15 years ago. So when we're talking about infrastructure yep. concepts, good grief, we need to be looking at our, our school buildings, our public school buildings. That was a really lot of, I mean, a lot of them do have a lot of wear and tear on them, but sure. uh, others have kept them up yeah, yeah, uh, for pretty sure. nicely. But even those, I mean, you know, 50 years old or more isn't that shocking. Yeah, well, again, I mean, a third of these, so out of 1,600, a third is roughly 500 and some odd that, that they've never had any renovation yeah. or update whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, Brock, you know, talking about construction stuff, uh, Jacksonville, they've got some interesting things happening down there. The city owned uh, two pieces of land, the way I understand it, and they had, uh, you know, approached developers, uh, yeah. asked for submittals on these things. And a couple, one of them in particular I thought was a really good-looking building, but they've had two kind of large projects have come off the table because uh, they're having trouble getting large project financing and construction costs have just spiraled upward, as yeah, we sure, talked about sure. before. But uh, they had a 44-story residential tower that was going to be at the former Jacksonville Landing site, which is now Riverfront Plaza. And I believe that's where they're building a, a – that that is getting built a Four Seasons down there that I think Richard Shea's group uh, oh, okay. is doing the foundation okay, stuff. Cool. Uh, so that's pretty cool. But then they, there was another one that was a 24-story residential tower – uh, that related group, who's a huge developer out of Miami, they were going to do it. But same thing. Uh, they said from the time they started planning it till they got the okay and approvals to go ahead, cost had gone up about $30 million wow. on it. And they just wow. said it doesn't work anymore. Yeah, for sure. So uh, the city of Jacksonville is going kind of back to the drawing board to see what to do with those sites. But uh, something else they have down there, the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, in the NFL, they are trying to build a, uh, I think it's a six-story building that's about $38 million. It looks like that's going to go ahead, but uh, they're going to take three or four floors of that building, and it's right, uh, I think, close to the stadium. And, uh, you know, the guy that owns it's a billionaire, so oh, probably sure. getting yeah, money yeah, is yeah. easier for him. But uh, anyway, yeah, pretty that, interesting stuff going on not too far from us. I'm always surprised. You know, that is uh, by land mass, I guess, by square square mileage. That's the largest city in the country, Jacksonville, Florida. I mean, yeah. it's a sprawling community for sure. Hey, uh, Tony, you know how you've always been wanting to go to a music bar, yeah. a piano bar? I like a piano yeah. bar. Well, now. Lake Martin's got a, a piano bar coming up. Really, Lake I didn't Martin, know that. Yeah, they've got. They're going to be bringing in pianists from uh, from what Atlanta. Pianists, yeah, piano players. Uh, the piano players will be from Atlanta, Florida, Atlanta, Florida, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, and the new piano bar, it's going to be just off Highway 49, just down the street from the owner's other offering, which is Bluffs Daiquiri Bar. But head on down to uh, Highway 49 near Lake Martin. For some good piano yeah. playing, you know we we like the uh, graduate hotel chain. We've mentioned sure uh, yeah. I, we actually talked about. It, I think last week they're building that one in Auburn. You know it's based around uh, college themes, and I would have expected one in Tuscaloosa, maybe even here in Birmingham. Who knows? But uh, I think there's 30 of them now, or maybe 30 plus around the country. Really cool places. But uh, anyway, they're cool enough that it looks like Hilton is going to be buying them from uh, Nashville-based AG, AJ Capital Partners. Yeah, are the people behind that? But uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That, that you have a successful thing, and then somebody just rolls in, you know, takes it. Yeah, yeah, no question about that. Hey, CBNS Bank in Tallahassee. Yeah, did you talk about this? They had a they had a contest. Yeah, uh, they did a Valentine card design contest at the elementary school, and I want to sure. say congrats to first grader. Shy, I think it's Shiley Harris. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she won the the CBNS uh, prize pack, which I had to yeah. wonder what is that. I mean, do you get like a CD or something she didn't want, <laughs> yeah, or did she know. get some candy? What yeah, right, here? right. Yeah, what do you get, Shiley? Yeah, way to go, man. Yeah, she got two two Twix and a, a Kit Kat. Well, either way, still congratulations to her for her yeah. design. How about yeah. this, Brock? The Professional Darts Corporation. That was uh, all these leagues, man, are yeah, amazing. Right, these right. people are based in London, but the, their 2024 
Uh, Professional Dart Corporation tour season is underway, and they're adding an, an additional 750,000 pounds to the prize pounds. money. Uh, but I, I was floored by this. They already have over 10 million pounds in prize Good money for grief. darts. Maybe we need to pick up darts for heaven's I mean, sakes. I should have paid yeah. more attention to Dave's over yeah. the year in that back yeah. room and throwing yeah. them uh, 10 million. I remember throwing that? them in Auburn. like 13 million? I don't know where the uh, – Yeah, yeah. It, it's, yeah, I think that's about right. 1.2, dollars $1. Uh, per pound. So, yeah, that's about 13 million pound uh, dollars out there in that professional dart tour well, well we just need to start throwing at triple triple 20s triple 19s yeah. and bullseyes and yeah. uh, hey madison's getting a new chick-fil-a that's like economic development gold uh, when oh, anybody sure. lands yeah. one of those but uh they got a mixed use project kind of going on where the old ruby tuesday was located up there yeah uh brian holt may know more about this than we do but uh it's uh i just any of these things that uh, uh towns land grocery stores but particularly at chick-fil-a man those things have people backed up out onto the road wherever they are so you know the the tax money coming in is great uh you know, Oklahoma City, you've got down here. They've got not We've only entrepreneurial this. spirit, but but I mean, just a, a, a high bold. thinker, a dreamer, a bold yeah. man. Way yeah. to go, Scott Madison. Uh, they're talking about building the uh, tallest building in the country in Oklahoma City. Yeah. And who knows if it'll happen or not, but it would be 134 floors called the Legends <laughs> Tower. 134 yeah, floors. That, it right. reminds me uh, – there was a man here, uh, they were going to build a Shepherd's Tower. I think yeah. he was involved in Brookwood Village. But it was going to be 72-story building in Twice Birmingham. Twice as tall as anything else. And then yeah. have a sister uh, tower that was going to be 44 floors. And uh, it is. It's it's more than all the other office space, I think, that we had in Birmingham in one thing. But uh, I would love to see this happen. I love all this kind of construction and building. But uh, this would be fairly close to a little bit under two uh, 2,000 feet tall. And um, – or it's actually 1,907 feet tall, which uh, Oklahoma became a state in 1907. Right, I thought right. that was kind of a There's cool a strategy. Little tidbit, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, you, you put down here, too, that Six Flags is going to debut a new ride. I think it's called the Georgia Surfer. Uh, it looks awesome. Yeah, well, it doesn't to me. It, it looks like a giant, they say surfer, it looks like a giant skateboard. But the thing is, the, the passengers sit on it, not in rows facing forward, but basically consider it like two merry-go-rounds where you're yeah. buckled in. Uh, so it's Spinning. two circles on top of this, I don't know, gigantic surfboard, skateboard. And it goes, it starts backwards and kind of goes over a little incline backwards and then over the incline onto another incline but as it's doing all these things that those those merry-go-rounds they're spinning so you're spinning yeah. around and round as this thing's going, going and back down. and forth and i'm just telling you that it, w- it would be bad news for everybody if i took the only a ride thing on that i thing. didn't like uh you, they take you through the water every time and so yeah. i'm guessing you get soaked but i think the ride looks awesome i'm just a yeah. little concerned i don't like being dripping when i get off i don't think that it's a you know it it isn't like a log flume where you actually go through and get stopped by, uh, you know, a pool of water. I think what it is is just a big spray area. So I don't, I don't know that you get absolutely drenched. Yeah. And probably you get most drenched if you happen to be the one circling through and facing the water as you're going through. But that would be the least of my concerns. It might be the best thing that could happen to anybody around me because it would wash off what is not <laughs> something I don't want to have leave me. There we go. Yeah. Uh, well, Ben, let's go back to the Truett Insurance and Bonding Hotline and talk with Brian Holt over at South Face Properties. Brian. Brian, are you with us? Yeah, good morning, fellas. How are y'all? Man, we're doing good. Thanks for getting up early and uh, joining in on this. But uh, Do you want to join us to Six Flags? you want to take the yeah. Georgia Surfer with us? 
Well, you stole my thunder, Brock, because what I was thinking when y'all were describing that was I need the spray to wash the vomit off. <laughs> yeah, yeah right, right, right. Absolutely, and yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it would be everybody's favor for me not to wait, not to ride that. That's for man, sure. No doubt. Yeah. That is Thank awesome. Well, man, Brian, is, uh, I've known you for many, many years, and uh, I'll tell you what, man, super good guy. I knew that anyway, but when we posted this thing of you being on, I didn't realize you were as popular as Ooh, you are. You had a right. ton of support and uh, speaks highly of you, man. Yeah, that's uh, But, yeah, catch us up to date you've always done uh, more retail real estate stuff but the company does kind of all of it kind of tell us a little bit about the company and then let's talk some markets uh specifics after that yeah yeah sure so you, you're right uh south face is a we're a full service commercial real estate firm you know coming up on 40 years old um that uh has transitioned over the years i mean people that you know are born and raised in birmingham if you know south face you think of us as the company that does the you know, the downtown stuff the historic right, redevelopment right. and adaptive reuse and we have and that's the that's the what the firm was built on over the last 10 15 years um there's been a transition uh kind of a slow steady and, and purposeful transition uh with us building up our retail department and so now i would say that our retail brokerage and leasing activity is probably 85% of what wow. we do um it's also you know it also the last few years that has been accelerated by, you know, the what's happened in the office markets, not just here in Birmingham, yeah. but all over the country. Sure, sure. Um, so, so that's had a lot to do with that. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, the we are a, uh, in, for, as far as retail goes, we are all over the state of Alabama for our, especially our tenant rep work um, with a lot of national, where we've got exclusive uh, agreements with national tenants that we represent across the state of Alabama. Uh, our management portfolio is largely in the Birmingham MSA, um, and is a little more balanced uh, in the in the management portfolio. We we manage quite a bit of office space uh, as well, so that's probably sixty five, uh, thirty five. You're making me do math on a Saturday morning. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, stop there. Make sure that added up. Well, kind of going back with the history of the company too. I mean, there was a time. Uh, Basically, the the economic activity in the state was you know UAB doing something, and then John Lauriello with South Pace, you know, redoing all these buildings downtown. Yeah, sure, uh, right. He was on the front end of that curve, and uh, he's another just super good guy. But uh, you know, it's uh, from like you're talking about the uh, the tenant rep work where you uh, sign up with a brand and, and find sites for them and relocate them. What are you seeing kind of around Alabama? I know you in particular did that pop stroke thing in Tuscaloosa, oh, yeah, yeah. and uh, what other kind of things are happening out there? Yeah, you know, uh, it, on the tenant side, uh, we're blowing up. I mean, our, our, our the restaurant clients, especially um, retail too, but restaurant especially, they they haven't slowed down. I mean, since COVID, they've accelerated really. Um, I think COVID helped them uh, or forced them to get a lot more efficient with their operations um, and pushed out kind of a whole you know to go before COVID was an, was a sort of a an, you know a, a novelty really, right? I mean, some people did it, you could do it, but you know, they looked at you funny if you wanted to get your food to go from Outback. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Right, you know, pre-COVID. But now that doesn't seem weird at all to order, you know, to order delivery from Outback or to go get it. Sure. And so it, it forced them to change their operations, uh, you know, in the back of house, made them more efficient and more profitable. And so we've been accelerating ever since COVID. And, and frankly, we slowed, it seemed like we slowed down for about three months during COVID with wow. our retail clients. Um I mean, it, well, you car, know, you know the is. restaurants are booming, like car washes are getting built sure, everywhere. Sure. Uh, 
you know, and uh, I, back to the restaurants. So I'm amazed at you know. It seems like so many are, uh, you know, they're, they're having problems. Everybody's having, but with people, uh, employees, you know, Staffing, trying to find sure, staff. Sure. And but then at the same time, you see all these places just exploding with growth. I mean, uh, it, that's just it's a well, you know, if you think dichotomy. about, I mean, and part of what part of what Brian's saying is, you know, you have also the ancillary uh, development generation and existence now of these. DoorDash and Uber Eats, yeah. you know, these groups that will uh, make it incredibly easy to, to Brian's point for that outback to, to make that steak dinner for someone at home and actually have it delivered to them. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it even gets all the way down to the, the buildings they're building now. I mean, sure. we've we got clients who have, now there's a, you know, another door on the building that didn't used to be there. Right. And it's for <laughs> the DoorDash guy to come in the side of the building and pick up his stuff. And, but it also means now there's a whole new point of sale system over there, a whole new you know, fancy word for cash register. Sure. Right? You have to set up all these new systems. It's not, you know, it has literally changed what the building's like. I mean, COVID changed well, how our buildings are built and how they're designed. We've talked about it a few times. I mean, now you're having some of them I mean, are, are just basically delivery mechanisms. You know, you the whole thing's like a drive-through or, uh, yeah. you know, two-story fast food joints that bomb you with the food down a tube. I mean, it's incre- incredible oh, what, sure. uh, kind of what you're seeing. Yeah, Chipotle has built uh, a, a few models, not, not none in Alabama yet, but they built a few models where there is no register. Um, you cannot order at the restaurant. You literally have to order on the app, and then you walk in and, and get it. There is not a – you can't pay for it there. You can't order it there. It is literally like a kitchen that you stop by wow. and pick up what you ordered on your phone. Yeah. Uh, they built one. I want to say it's across from the Naval Academy was the first one of those they built. Folks, you're listening to Truett News Radio. We are on the air right now with Brian Holt with South Pace Properties. And, you know, Brian, we're talking about all these changes that COVID uh, encouraged or required, you know, that I, I guess for these restaurants to evolve. You know, you mentioned the office space. Have you seen that, that as a result of COVID and people having been pushed back to their homes and not necessarily um, Wanting it, to em- come back. Yeah, embracing office space, have you seen these businesses uh, evolve in a way to sort of change what an office looks like to bring folks back in? you know we have i mean the you know and there there are certainly people in our office that are more uh, you know more equipped to talk about the office space sure. revolution but what what we're seeing is um you know trying to figure out how you, you first of all because we get an office are completely different than what they are for retail for retail sure. we, we need help we need to expand we need help on the office side when those phone calls are coming in it is almost always these days we need help. We need, you know, yeah. we've got to downsize or we need to sublease space. Hmm. But what you're trying to find people figure out is, um, you know, things like, well, half of my people work from home half the time. They hadn't lost their productivity. So I don't know that I really mind this, but I don't need 5,000 feet anymore. Yeah, right. Can I get to 2,500 feet? But then you start figuring out, I still got, you know, I still got whatever, 20 salespeople that come into my, yeah. my distribution office. How do I house 10 of them at a time? Well, yeah, yeah, or a, or so like the or a once a week meeting in the office. I mean, you yeah, know, exactly. there's still uh, challenges with that. Well, it's interesting, you yeah, know. I yeah. I do a lot of my work at the closest coffee shop. I mean, I'm, I'll just frankly tell you that. And, yeah. and and for me, you know, the anonymous activity of what's going on at that coffee shop is sort of the equivalent to me sleeping with a fan. You know, it's just <clears throat> it's where I find peace. It's where I find productivity. It's absolutely the perfect environment for me to be productive. Now, what's interesting is all around me are basically office mates that I see every single day of the week. There, you know, so I mean, I'll even joke if I've not seen them for a couple of days. You know, welcome 
come back to the office. But when I, I, I think about that and that being, uh, for lack of a better term, sort of a new model. In fact, I would dare say I, I did that at, at Starbucks prior to the pandemic. Now, Starbucks response, I'm not I'm just not politicizing it. It is what it is. They, they, they shut everything down and basically forced you to, to discover the, the O. Henry's yeah. of the world, the caveats of the world, you know, all these uh, smaller local coffee shops. But, but I would have said prior to the pandemic that the largest office space in the country was a Starbucks, you know, globally. I mean, combined, you can't believe the amount of commerce that's conducted out of coffee shops. And at that time out of Starbucks, but it's, I guess, as I'm thinking about that concept and model, like how do businesses, and and again, I, I get, this isn't necessarily your focus, but I think that's the challenge, right? How do they, how do they take the people out there that are looking at a different way of doing business and productivity and bringing them into a central location? Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. I mean, we have it at South Bay, right? We have we have several, you know, we all went home and worked for a little while and then sure. came back. And, and, you know, we have people who are probably more productive now, and we don't see them, you know, a couple of days a week. Sure. But you've got the challenge of, you know, how do I have a meeting? How yeah. do I have a weekly sales meeting right. with 21 people in there, right? How do you have yeah. a space big enough for that in, in an office that only needs to house 10 of them at a time? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, sure. you know, Hey. It's like my mother who wants a two-bedroom garden home, but enough room to host our entire family for Sunday. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> hey, they don't make those, you know. Hey, Brian, let me let's switch back over to retail real quick. Yeah. Uh, kind of around Birmingham and then in the state. I mean, what areas are you seeing? Uh, I know you were talking about restaurants, and it seems like everywhere is kind of hot. But mm-hmm. is there a hotter area people are asking about? You know, I've seen stuff opening Gardendale downtown Hoover. I mean, yeah, what, sure. do, what do you see on that side? I mean, statewide. First of all, Huntsville, far and away. Yeah. No. You, you can't hold account to it. We do as much work in Huntsville as we do in Birmingham. Probably more work Man. in Huntsville than we do in Birmingham. That's amazing. Um, when you it, say it, when you say Huntsville too, it, it's really that whole corridor, isn't it? From like Athens to Decatur to Madison to Huntsville. I mean, that whole area is yeah. exploding. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's interesting. Isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's a new um, there's a new kind of junior box center coming out of the ground in Athens in an area that uh, at an interstate exit that only five or six years ago was just a was just that. It was a long. Was, Long haul interstate exit yeah, between Nashville yeah. and Birmingham, right? It was like the most likely place for you to stop and buy gas, and that's all anybody knew right, about happened. Right, all right. of a sudden, they're getting they're getting junior box centers because wow. Huntsville has expanded up that Highway seventy two corridor um, to the point where you know there used to be about a fifteen to twenty minute stretch of that corridor that was quiet. You know, if you were driving to work from Athens, you had time to stop and think. Sure, for fifteen minutes, man, it, it's <laughs> filling in very quickly. That's they're a fact. building. 350 400 unit apartment complexes wow you know on on i-65 just south of athens i mean it's blowing up up there so we're doing as much up there breland companies the home yeah. builder turned commercial uh developer has done a absolutely ridiculously fantastic job of, of their development they're unbelievably organized wow. um and just a i mean I, I i could talk all morning about how i think they've sort of changed commercial development um that's what they're doing, but down here in Birmingham, um, Gardendale, it, you know, is it's, it's funny in, in smaller markets, one project can make it seem like the market's on fire and the Gardendale's doing great because they've got a significant project up there with Jay Turner and his group. Yeah. Uh, that's not, we've put, um, Spole up there, uh, and, um, uh, Bank of America, uh, is, is, we've got, you know, working on that deal up there as well. Sure. Um, then Hoover, you know, it's funny with the, you know, the Galleria is still going to be the Galleria, but the market shifted west towards Stadium Trace and, and you yes. know, the area, I think we all called it the Grove, but we've sure. called it the Grove for years, but we're talking about 459 and 150. Yep. Um, 
that is that's still probably the hottest little area um, right around Birmingham and then you know downtown is still hot it, it defies logic sometimes <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> right, with, right with the amount of apartments and things they're building down there um, but uh, yeah we we've still been very active downtown our challenge with downtown or the kind of the CBD sometimes is figuring out exactly where the synergy is we're, we're real lucky in Birmingham that we've got yeah what four four or five entertainment districts is you if you want to call yeah, them in the, sure. in the, in the day. uh but then you bring a retailer or a, a restaurateur down there and he's trying to figure out where's the center of mass yeah you yeah. know like where where's the heart of it sure. and and they're all kind of some pretty much equally weighted so it, it's it's great if you're bar hopping it's not so easy <laughs> if you're trying to figure out yeah. where the, well the hey man uh we got to run to get to the end of the show but uh i would love to keep talking to you about oh, this we got to sure. get you back on yeah, for yeah, sure sometime absolutely. but uh, yeah, again right, thanks so much for uh it. for being part of it all right you got it y'all have a good one happy to do it all right see you brian thanks, yeah thanks that's that's brian holt with south pace properties doing the retail side of that and boy that that is interesting i could yeah. talk to him for a long time Man, he is, and, and again super good guy uh yeah really appreciate him being on brock uh the aniston star i saw this uh former white plains and jacksonville state track star latasha sturkey dodson was named the 2023 usatf masters w30 national track athlete of the year i don't know what that is but it sounds great it sounds and really uh, congrats good. to her yeah yeah for sure uh you've got down here that emmett smith Emmett Smith's going to make his footprint in the city of Las Vegas. Yeah, apparently they've. Uh, this has kind of been. They've had some setbacks as far as uh, delays getting the yeah. thing open. But he's got a Emmett. restaurant uh, going uh, in Las Vegas. I don't. Was it on the strip? Yeah, it's going to be the fashion show mall on the strip. Yeah, yeah apparently a huge place. You said it. Well, it, you know they got to be a little disappointing not to get it open for the Super Bowl. But yeah, uh, that's it's coming fact. up. Uh, what was the date? February twenty sixth. Yeah, yeah, end of this month. Uh, yeah, that that's uh, that, that's interesting to me. Does he? I don't know. I, I should have looked this up. Whether he has other locations in other areas, surely he has something around Dallas, I would think. But maybe not. Maybe this is his first foray into a big high end restaurants. Yeah, uh, man, I hope he does well. I've you know we've known about Emmett. He was out of Pensacola, so I've heard about yeah, him for, for sure. uh, a huge part of my life. Oh, anyway, for sure, yeah. hey, Make a Wish, Alabama. They're having their twenty twenty four Birmingham Wish Night on March eighth at Ross Bridge. Oh, uh, yes. so get in contact with them and help sponsor the event or be a part of it. Hey, speaking of uh, the very area that Brian was talking about there, the the Grove, as he called it, um, over closest to the Hoover Met, uh, back where Trey Luna is. In fact, between Trey yep. Luna and Biscuit Belly, there's a new offering that's about to come online called the Glass Panda. It'll open up also at the end of this month. Asian street food-inspired joint. Uh, it's going to have... Um, street food that you might expect to find in China, Japan, or Korea, so to have sort of those influences. Uh, Phil Sandoval's, the Mexican restaurant, yep. really, really cool-themed restaurant, uh, will be co- joining the fun uh, sort of right on the other side of Biscuit Belly. So that's going to be a big center of activity there. Man, I have I have not <laughs> been to Trey Luna. We tried going one time, so but I hear, I hear it is just really fantastic. Good. And uh, the uh, the folks that own it, their uh, kids go to John Carroll with our oh, kids. I didn't know that. So, yeah. uh, I've, I've been meaning to get over there to support it, but I, I hear nothing but good things. Very, very good. Very, I mean, you can get just, you know, you, you can roll up your sleeves and get a good pizza. You can get an amazing steak. You can get oysters. Yeah. Uh, just a very, very good offering. Uh, Hoover needs to be very proud of them. Yeah. 
It's uh, what? hey, we're we're about to wrap this thing up, huh? Yeah, it's uh, running out of time. Well, who are you? I'm Tony Truett with Truett Insurance and Bonding. Yeah, and uh, we'd like to work with you on your insurance and bonding. Well, that sounds good. I'm Brock Murphy with Brock G Murphy. Love to help you out if you're a small business. Uh, love to help you out in commercial construction and all that. Hey, Tony, did you know? Man, did uh, did you know the giant Japanese spider crab can live as long as a hundred years? Oh, I did not know that. Did you know the smallest town in the world is Hum H U M Croatia? It's walled in and has a population of. 30. Did you know there is a 1 in 1,461 chance of being born on February 29th? Oh, I did not know that. Did you know that Disney was sued for copyright violation for the Mary Poppins song Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious? It ended up being dismissed, but they were sued. Uh, did you know the word honeymoon is derived from the Scandinavian practice of drinking mead or fermented honey during the first month of the marriage in order to improve the likelihood of conception? Did not know this. Good grief. Mary Poppins writer P.L. Travers, it took her 20 years to be convinced by Disney to make the film, and she hated every song and every minute of the movie. But it was nominated for 14 Academy Awards. Good heavens. Who, who knew that? Alabama will say yeah.